On today's show, Luca and the Slovenians end their Olympic bid in brutal fashion. We will break it all down. So much stuff with Luca. We'll get into it. And uh, we got somebody else to talk about. Larry Markinen, Dallas Maverick. Would you make a trade, Maxi for Laurie Markkinen, Dorian for Laurie Markkinen? What would you send to get Laurie Markkinen? We'll talk about that on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Hey, hey, Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. Bang! Bang! It's good! And the Mavericks have won the game! Lockdown to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Lockdown Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The Olympic Olivator, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? What a ride. What a ride for Sylvania. It was so much fun. I know, I feel like we said this the other day. We kind of said the goodbye the other day because they, you know, obviously lost the game going into uh, the possible gold medal game. But they obviously played, you know, Australia for bronze. Didn't work out. Patty Mills happened. But it was just, I know I said this the other day. I want to say it again if you didn't listen to the other day's pod or Friday's pod. Thank you so much. Like, it was so much fun for Nick, myself, so many Mavericks fans here around the world just to hop on that bandwagon of Slovenia and Luca and everything for a couple of weeks. And I know there's probably a lot of Slovenian fans that are like, Y'all didn't care about us before the Olympics. And I'm like, hey, I was right there with you. But it was so much fun to jump on that bandwagon and watch those games. And that what a fun team to root for. A team that tried so hard and hustles. And obviously, we love Luca. So thank you. It was so much fun. And I think I'm going to leave my Slovenia flag up. Yeah, heck yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, again, I want to echo everything Isaac just said. Thank you for letting us on the bandwagon. Uh, I do want to break down this game a little bit, though, because there is some some stuff in here I wanted to talk about, break down how Slovenia ended up losing this game. We'll talk about that. We'll break down all that, and we will get into Lori Markkinen today. It is a big topic right now. Uh, there's some reports, rumors that the Mavericks are targeting Lori Markkinen. He's uh, definitely available. He's taken down all the Chicago Bulls mentions of any kind on his social media, so that's usually a sign somebody's on the way out uh and they've obviously replaced him several times over with all the talent they've added so we will uh we'll talk about him for sure so let's talk about this game uh australia ends up beating slovenia and it's if you just looked at the box score you just looked at the score you're like okay 107 and 93 you're like okay well they just dominated them it didn't even really wasn't really anywhere close but man slovenia for everything that went wrong in this bronze medal game i thought they fought i thought they fought in insane hard in this game and uh i was i was proud to watch them i was proud to see them uh try their hardest against this australian team that is just like like really tough to play against yeah. they have these wings the the exum matisse tybal joe ingles wing trio was really is really tough to play against they're just all over the place their arms and uh you know limbs and just stuff all over there's so many turnovers in this game like Honestly, if Slovenia would have just cut down on some turnovers, this would have been a completely different game. They had 17 turnovers in the game. Uh, Luca had eight of them, and uh, Australia only had 10 turnovers. Like that was kind of the big, big changing point in this game between the two teams, at least, um, because uh, 
they were just all over the place, their defense and at the rim and on the perimeter and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, Australia tough to play against. And then obviously Patty Mills, I mean, Patty Mills, 42 points, zero assists in this game, 42 points, like the Kobe special four of 15 from three. So he wasn't really hitting from three that well. He hit like one deep one and then a couple others. And then, Five of thirty-one from from the field. So basically, all he was doing was just pulling up this from mid-range. This is an Iverson stat line right here. He was doing nothing else. He was just he was just scoring in the mid-range, and he didn't didn't really even go to the free throw line that much, if I remember. Uh, eight of ten from the free throw line. So he did go he did go a couple times there, but uh, yeah, he was doing a ton of damage in the mid-range, and Slovenia just had no answer for it. Yeah, th- this was the cool thing about this game that even though we wanted Slovenia to win. You knew that Australia had, you know, you know they they wanted a medal too. It's like they they haven't they had never medaled. Yeah, so either way, one of these teams were going to walk away with their first medal. So it kind of lessened the sting a little bit. Seeing you know Luca and them lose, it hurt. I hate seeing Luca no. when he's upset. I think it it did for me a little bit just to nope. see an Australia team that these guys, especially with some vets on there and Patty and Ingles and those guys, not have ever gotten a medal before, and they're a fun team to watch it- and. How much is Josh Green going to rub this medal in Lucas' face? <laughs> the one he did not play in. Lucas is going to be like, you didn't did even deserve even, it. You didn't even play. I don't remember him. He didn't play a single minute in this game. Ru- so. Rough day for the uh, for the crowd that uh, says that, hey, in order to win games, Josh Green has to play. Rough day for you guys. <laughs> yeah, it was very clear, though, that like, I think they said Patty Mills and Joe Ingles have played in four Olympics now. It's It was very clear that they've played in a bunch more Olympics and that we're just a more experienced you know, a more talented team than Slovenia at a certain level. Uh, Luca finished with 22 points, seven assists, eight rebounds. Had that, eight, had those eight turnovers. Like I said, seven of 20 from the field, three of 13 from three. It was just not going well from him from deep. He was still kind of dealing with the hand, I guess, and then the conditioning, all the stuff we talked about in the game before the France game was still there <laughs> in this in this game for sure. So he's getting a much needed rest. Propelish, 18 points, seven boards. I thought he was their second best player. He was really stepping up for them. And they just needed one more guy to get into like that 15 to, you know, 18 kind of range. And they just couldn't find one. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, Luca, it felt like Luca was kind of going downhill a little bit. Oh, the uh, whole time. And so I think for Mavs fans and for probably the Mavericks too, it's time for a much needed break. Definitely time for a break for sure. Uh, Propelage had 18 points. Mike Toby finished with 13 points, five rebounds, and four assists. They were really breaking. Oh, they, you know, Australia was doing all the stuff, trapping and doubling Luca on the ball and all that kind of stuff. And Mike Toby was breaking a couple of those at the free throw line. That was really working for him. The pick and roll again was working a little bit for him. Uh, this is a real chippy game, too. You had the unsportsmanlike foul on Dante Exum. Like early in the like you know late in the first quarter, and then Luca got some free throws off of that. You had Luca with a tech going into halftime, so he finished with what five techs in six games or something like that. Four techs in five, like just my man. He only had Staying one game on a tech in the Olympics. Like <laughs> this on brand. <laughs> this was also a matchup of like who's on deck. I think of you know Spain. They have some younger talent, but we're going to see the Casals leave. And, you know, I don't know what Abaca's status moving forward is. And Rubio's getting older. And then what happens with France moving forward? They'll be back, but, you know, a large portion of that crew will be a little older too. I think it's both of these teams that we're talking next Olympics. We're talking Paris that I think a lot of people is going to be talking about Australia. If Ben Simmons is playing for them at that point, they're bringing back Thibel. What will Josh Green be? Will Patty Ingles and those guys still play Exum? And the, then the, who's the guy the Spurs drafted? I thought he Land, was pretty Landale? good in this game. Yeah. Yeah. The big dude. 
I probably mm-hmm. said that wrong, but and then Slovenia, you know, Luca's going to be back too. So I think that was the cool part about this too is this was the the matchup of the two teams on deck for Paris. The hard part about that, though, is Patty Mills was obviously the best player on this team, and he's 32. So by the time that Olympics sure. rolls around, 36, like he's, he's he's probably Olympic mellow at that point. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, Josh Green will be there, so <laughs> he'll be filling he'll be filling in for him. Uh, the one thing I do want to focus on on this game. Uh, like fourth quarter, this is why I said that I was proud to see him fight and to get back into it. Fourth quarter, eight minutes and 25 seconds left. Australia had their largest lead of the game at that point. It was 14 points. Australia was up 81 to 67. Slovenia then went on a 13 to two run and ended up closing it to just three points with six minutes and 18 seconds left. Like they really fought back in this. It wasn't just that Australia got out to a big lead and they just held it, held it, held it. Slovenia really fought back uh, and it was great to see. Yeah, it's like it's just a super bummer because we watched this team and we got we got so excited and they they were gelling so much and the chemistry and you know we I think everybody read into the USA stuff like man are they you know are they vulnerable can somebody knock them you off you know who read huh? that stuff was Kevin Durant yeah he did I, Kevin I Durant actually, read all that stuff what about I don't Kevin know if Durant he read into it but he read the stuff <laughs> Kevin Durant on his Instagram actually calling out Slovenia they had Slovenia over us <laughs> and. Uh, but they never played Slovenia, so I don't know if they can they can say that. It's just a bummer that this team couldn't come away with a medal. And but it was they're tough. not going anywhere. I think they'll, they'll be back. They'll be back. Definitely, yeah. I think this team will, will for sure be back. The last thing, uh, oh, I I noted on my notes. Third quarter, fifty seconds left. Luca finally attacks the rim, gets an and one. I think that was the first. Um, I could be wrong, but that, that I think that was the first time Luca actually attacked the rim in this game. If that tells you anything about Luca's status and then the the status of the Australian defense. Like just yeah, the first time he attacked the rim was it felt like he was saving, he was saving, he was saving it, and then he finally attacked the rim. It just wasn't enough at the end there. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a wild game there. Uh, again, Patty Mills, 42 points. That'll, that'll get you. That'll get you right there. New Brooklyn Lu- net. Luca though. Yeah. Yeah. Good for them. I guess, uh, Luca named to the Olympics all-star five. I guess that's a thing. Cool. I didn't know that was a thing until now. Adam Morris and I were talking about him on uh, lockdown NBA on Friday. And he said, Luca has been the best part of this, the Olympic basketball. And I was like, I think that's true. I think if you look at all the teams that played and everything, is Luca the best part of it. The most exciting thing to watch. Yes, Kevin Who Durant's better. Right, Kevin Durant's right there with him. I guess. I mean, I think. I, well, I just think KD solidified himself as the best USA player. You know, winning three golds, thirty basically thirty points in all three gold medal games. I mean, USA does not even get close to a gold medal without KD. And no, he was insane. He put a team of all stars and a stacked team on his back and said, "I will take you to a gold." So, but I, I think he's right there with Luca, though. Speaking of Slovenia, it was announced or reported by Mark Cuban. Uh, it was essentially announced because we heard it from so many different sources all at once. <laughs> but it was uh, reported by Mark by uh, oh, did I say Mark Cuban? I meant Mark Stein. It was re- reported by Mark Stein. I was like, don't look up Cuban. No, I I wrote the wrong thing. It was reported by Mark Stein uh, that Mark Cuban, Jason Kidd, Nico Harrison, Michael Finley, and oh oh guess. Dirk Nowitzki himself are going to Slovenia to give Luka Doncic and to essentially like force him to sign this 200 plus. Is this the Clippers and DeAndre again? Million dollars. Yeah, they're going to hold him in there. They're going to hold him in a house. And uh, they're all going there to get Luka to sign his extension. 
which is uh, absolutely wild. So hopefully they get him to sign the extension. So then, should I do it? Is it? Should you do it? Is it time? Should I do it? I think it's time. If you didn't watch that on YouTube, I would recommend going back and watching that on YouTube. It's going to be a reoccurring bit anytime anytime Nick wants to play Luka Doncic. <laughs> Coming up, we're going to get into Lori Market and got to talk about it. It's the big topic right now. Mavs Twitter and all over the place. I got like literally hundreds of responses about marketing tweets today so that's what we'll be getting into next so we'll get into that coming up but before we do i got to tell you about stat hero did you know that 85 percent of people who play daily fantasy sports lose 85 percent that's a that's a lot of percent that's a huge percentage of people that uh 85 of the people that listen to this podcast don't lose they're winners so if you want to be a winner more so than you already are it's not that surprising. Go to Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the players in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house. You're basically playing a game of blackjack against them. You go head-to-head in a fantasy matchup. You name your stakes. Winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their unique lineups ahead of time. They're showing you their lineups already. No one else is doing that right now. You are in total control. Stat Hero is the daily sports fantasy Daily for daily fantasy sports the way that it's meant to be one on one play stat hero now and change the odds go to stathero.com slash locked on sign up for a free account and right now you can get three times back on your first play they're giving you three hundred percent match to go to stathero.com slash locked on again stathero.com slash locked on. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into Laurie Marketing. This is a big conversation right now I'm on my Mavs Twitter and just a lot of people probably all over the internets about Laurie Marketing. The report started with Kevin O'Connor on the Mismatch podcast from The Ringer. Quote, one other team to watch for with Marketing is the Dallas Mavericks. I've heard they also have interest, so there's some sign-and-trade possibilities involving him and Charlotte and Dallas. Okay, so Laurie Marketing. If you're starting to try and think of, well, first of all, let's start here. What's the what's the benefit of bringing a Laurie Markkinen in for some people that haven't watched him or don't know necessarily a lot about him? Who is Laurie Markkinen? Why would the Mavericks be interested and be showing interest in him? Well, he was seventh overall pick in the 2017 draft. He was the main you know centerpiece of that Jimmy Butler deal uh, for Chicago, for Chicago and Minnesota <clears throat> as a draft pick. <laughs> as a draft pick, yeah. So he's in the same you know draft class as Lonzo. Those guys, Dennis Smith Jr., Nilakina, a bunch of these dudes that are right there going into that, you know, first extension coming out of the rookie deals. So for Chicago, he hasn't had, I'm having all kinds of flashbacks of our draft profiles and us talking about him. Like, can they bring him to be Dirk's replacement? Is that too, is that too much of a, and then all of a sudden they trade for Chris Osborne's and try to do the exact same thing. Exactly. (laughs) Um, For him, he's 24. It obviously didn't work out in Chicago, but for, like what he is now, and especially at this point in free agency, he's expressing, I mean, every, I mean, there's multiple you know reports out there saying that he doesn't want to be back in Chicago. He said that he doesn't want to be back in Chicago. Like you alluded to with the social media and all this stuff. He wants a new home. There's also a report 
how many months ago they said he he was interested in coming to Dallas and he wanted to come to Dallas, play with Luca and KP and the guys. So my whole thing with marketing is, and I even said on the last podcast, I thought it was kind of crazy that he's still out there because this is a guy you swing for. It's like you swing for a guy like this. He's 24. It didn't work out for his team. His team is not like a sucky team to where they just have money just to throw around at a, and to swing again for a guy wow. like marketing because they, they threw it all around already. <laughs> well, they did, but the, like they're going all in to win as much as they like. They had to do it with DeRozan and Lonzo and like all they just you know traded for Vucevic and all that. And I get it. if Markkinen was you know a plus talent, they would have you know made it happen. But if a guy's twenty four, he's a forty percent you know three point shooter at his size, and you're saying man you could swing for him and it not be twenty million a year. Sign me up. I'm I'm all in on let's take a swing for Larry Markkinen especially if it's around like the 10, $12 million range. And if it's a signing trade, it has to be three years. So if you're saying, man, you could do a signing trade for Larry marketing for like 10, 12, 13 million over the course of three years, I would say, I would take that swing. Especially since a signing trade, the second two years don't have to be the second, you know, the second and the third year don't have to be guaranteed, right? They can be partially guaranteed. So there's a lot of different options you have with that. Uh, I'm not sure that they would come up in this scenario, but uh, that would be an option for the Mavericks. So now the the big question is: so what would a trade look like for Laurie Marketing? Um, by the way, I just want to explain: Laurie Marketing is seven feet tall. He's like uh, he's basically Porzingis, but without the you know the the potential for defense, which Porzingis has has had in the past. Uh, he's a pretty good three point shooter. Shot forty percent this past year, but the three years before that, he combined to shoot. Uh, Let's see, he combined to shoot like 35%. Yeah, 30, just about 36% from three. And so he's a pretty decent three-point shooter. He averaged 18.7 points a game his second year in the league. Um, and he's an okay rebounder, but pretty pretty terrible rebounder, actually. So it's like, you're like, oh, this is Porzingis. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of Porzingis <laughs> in his game for sure. Um, and so what would a trade package look like for for Laurie Markkinen? And then we can get into the you know the merits of it. Well, I think any type of sign and trade thing where it's marketing or anybody, you know, Schroeder or whoever, it has to be Dwight Powell. And one more thing. He's a restricted free agent. This was supposed to be, this is, you know, like, you know, like all the rookies in, in Dennis Smith Jr.'s class with Lonzo and all of them, they are restricted free agents. They offered him the qualifying offer. He accepted it. And now they're like, okay, well, we could sign him or he could just take the qualifying offer like Nerlens did and yeah. be there for that one year on that low number for the qualifying offer and then just leave after after this upcoming year. But instead, they're wanting to trade him. So what you would have to do is assign a trade. So there's the only way that they can acquire him is a trade. I don't want – I think there's well, some people still that think that, that they can There, there is a world that Chicago him. just renounces his rights and lets him walk. But, but the Mavericks couldn't sign him to the number that he'll want or get true. somebody yes, else. Yeah, yeah, very true. It's because – and we didn't cover this either – because the Reggie Bullock deal became official. So – with the Reggie Bullock deal becoming official, I know this has already been covered too by a lot of reporters. Dallas is operating over the cap. We've talked about it before. So therefore, Bullock's deal goes into the full MLE. So there is no sign and trade possibilities with New York and trade exception, all that stuff. So for marketing, I mean, it starts with Dwight Powell. Then you're looking in to the Willie thing. They're not going. They don't want Willie. You know, like they're not going to want Willie in that deal. So. I think it comes down to either Dwight Powell and Dorian, or are you looking at something around like Maxi with, you know, Willie? It also depends on like what his number is that somebody signed, you know, 
you know, signing him for? What is he, what is he willing to take? Is he willing to take a three for 30 type of deal? Is he like, probably not because every indication why he's still out there is because he wanted more money, kind of like Uber, kind of like Schroeder. So that's the, you know, is he willing to take 12? Is it 15? And that depends on, so, and that kind of determines what you're willing, what you have to put in there to match the money wise if you're Dallas. Yep. And so it would have to be a Maxi, a Dorian, a, a somebody with a little bit of value to go back to. One uh, of those dudes Bulls, would have to be in it probably. I think. Yeah. Uh, and Dwight Powell probably to make the money work, right? You, yeah. you throw him in there because he has 11 million. So all of a sudden you're adding these together. The other option is if, if you know, the Bulls want to do right by marketing in the Maverick and marketing will take this number trading for the traded player exception from, from Josh Richardson. That would be, I think, the Mavericks' best option. You keep all these guys. You don't have to trade them. You bring in marketing. Now, you have a different issue. You have six centers now. You'd have to do something else with all these centers. But at least you would have marketing and keep Dory and Maxi and all them. So that is, a, that is a small possibility, I believe, too. Small possibility. You have to convince him of that. You know, that's how New Orleans would take him in, too. Uh, you know, I think Mark Stein reported that yesterday on Sunday that you know, New Orleans had shown interest, but they have a larger trade exception because they did the, you know, Eric Bledsoe, Steven Adams type deal. So that I think there's around like 17, 17 yeah. million, something like that. So, you know, they could do the 15, you know, for marketing type thing for Dallas. It's like, Hey, are you willing to take 10 a year? And you cannot combine a traded player exception with a player. So you couldn't do right. like, Hey, let's do Lori marketing for 21 million a year and combine the traded player exception with Dwight Powell's contract. You can't do that. You can do the traded player exception in different chunks. You could do 5 million for somebody, 5 million for somebody else, but you cannot do, you cannot combine that with a different player. So uh, that's the situation with, with Lori marketing. It would have to be a trade. So coming up, let's get into some of the trades and what they would look like, the merits of them and why I'm still a little skeptical. Maybe people have talked me into it, but I'm still skeptical that I would trade for Lori marketing for one of the Mavericks role players. But before we do, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're delicious. I eat one of them every single day. There's a new flavor, Rocky Road, right now with marshmallow and almond. Go check it out. It's still somehow available. These new flavors sell out so quickly. So go check it out, BuiltBar.com, Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order with Built Bar. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, 6 grams of sugar in that bar. I guarantee you it's delicious, covered in 100% chocolate. They're great for you. Uh, they have great fiber as well, good for a keto diet if you're trying to do that. They're just great if you're trying to bide your time between meals, basically. If you're sitting in your office, you're like, I need something, go ahead and get a Built Bar. Get a box. Isaac is doing it right now. Well, I was saying that that's the thoughts I have. I'm like, man, I'm hungry. I need a Built Bar. And Boom. Then- get you a Built Bar. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Also want to tell you about BetOnline. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action right now. Let's see if they have any. They have a couple of, ooh, they have NBA regular season MVP open right now. That is going to open, I think, October 19th. Luca. Plus 450. He is the favorite again this year. The second year in a row, he's going to be the favorite to be the season MVP going into the year. Can you guess who number two is on BetOnline, Isaac Harris? Oh, I'm going to say Giannis. Giannis is number three, a plus 700. There's somebody that has just slightly better odds than Giannis. He plays in the Western Conference. He has won several MVPs before. Really? Is it LeBron? Steph Curry, plus 650 is the number two favorite, according to Bet Online. Kevin Durant, plus 750. Joel Embiid, plus 850. LeBron, plus 900 there. Uh, and there are no other Mavericks on the list. No, there's not anymore. 
No, not even anywhere close. Oh, Porzingis plus two thousand. No, plus twenty five thousand for Kristaps Porzingis. So first, first healthy off season. You go bet on Kristaps Porzingis, and you bet a hundred dollars for Kristaps Porzingis to win the MVP, and he does. You would win twenty five thousand dollars if I'm doing my math right. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. That's free money right there. Same odds as Kyle Lowry. <laughs> Bring in Kyle Lowry. He's got the same MVP odds as Porzingis. Okay. Drew Holiday, same odds. John Wall, the same same odds. Malcolm Brogdon, Michael Porter Jr., Vucevic. Nikola Vucevic is the same MVP odds as Chris Hosper saying is plus 25,000. <laughs> Go there. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. Get a 50% welcome bonus to first boss at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into some more Laurie marketing. We've been talking about him. Okay, so my big question today on Twitter that got a ton of responses. Would you trade Maxi Kleba in with some in some kind of a package for Laurie Markinen? This is the ultimate like go for the risk for the higher talent and trade for something that would help you maybe win now with Maxi. There's a lot of people that are way down on Maxi, but uh, would you do that? Yes. I would. And that's tough for me to say because I, I love Maxi. I love him to death. But <clears throat> here's my here's my thing. I think as the team is currently constructed, Maxi's not in the closing lineup. I think you're looking at a closing lineup of Luca, Reggie Bullock, Tim Hardaway Jr., Doran Finney-Smith, and Porzingis. I think that's your closing unit. So if you're telling me that if Maxi's going to be on the bench for the last you know five to seven minutes of the game, I would much rather swing with a bench player for a five years five year younger Larry Markkinen. And that's that's my thing because I think. Markinen's upside, like Maxi's 29, Markinen's 24. And I think as the 40% three-point shooter, he is super athletic. And what he could be, especially moving forward, playing with the Luka Doncic, we do this all the time. But what point guards has he played with in, in Chicago in his career? And it's like, what could he be with Luka Doncic? What could he be like? Like, how, how what's the percentage of him to KP? Is he 85% KP? Is he, like, especially now because with KP's defense stuff, but that's before the first healthy off season that's happening right now. <laughs> what will be, <laughs> what, what I want to ding every time you do that. It's like a Pavlovian thing. I'm just going <laughs> to, what's the, what's the percentage he is of KP. I think that's one of the questions too. I, it just, for me, it comes down to five years younger than maxi. I think his upside's higher than maxi. I would take the swing with marketing. See, this is where it's hard for me. Cause you start thinking somebody asked a good question on Twitter is, what can Markkinen do that Maxi Kleba can't and, and, the, and vice versa? So if you're just looking at, okay, what can this player bring for next season? Because a lot of people are frustrated because the Mavericks have not gotten better. We've talked a lot about how the Mavericks probably got 10% better with their free agency moves and we wanted them to get 30 They definitely got better. better. They definitely got better. For sure. No, what I'm saying, yes. we, we've been talking about the Mavericks got 10% better. We wanted yeah. them to get 25, 33% better. For sure. Does, does Markkinen change that percentage any for next season? And that's kind of a big question for me because you're trying, you're going year to year, and you're trying to figure out does Mac, does Laurie Marketing change it for next season, or then and then three seasons from now, would he add anything? Would he increase the odds of the Mavericks winning a playoff series and eventually winning a title? And for me, it's hard to see the long term benefits of a Laurie Marketing, especially if you're going to keep Kristaps Porzingis. If they mm. trade him, then with Laurie Marketing, you have the same kind of positional like difficulties. But I do understand going for a talent like this, a guy that can hit the three like he does that, you know, can come off the bench and can score a little bit. Um, but a couple of things that this is, this, these are reasons why I'm a little bit skeptical. 
For the first three years in Laurie Markkinen's career, he played 78% of his uh, time at the four. He played a lot with, with Wendell Carter Jr., with Robin Lopez, with Daniel Gafford, with Bobby Portis, with Cristiano Felicio. Like, he played with all those guys, a bunch of minutes with those guys. And that's when he scored a bunch, when he was given the ball, he was playing against other fours, he was scoring over them. Uh, and his first couple of years there, uh, so that 18-19 that season, when he averaged just about 19 points a game. So that's the season you look at, you're like, okay, this guy can be a secondary scorer. He can be, an, you know, another scorer for you. He was shooting 6.3 field goal attempts per game on catch-and-shoot shots. And he was shooting about three pull-up shots a game. So he was creating a little bit on his own. He was catch-and-shooting yeah. a lot, but... Because he had to. Because he had to, he was he was pulling up. This past year, his his percentages all went up. His field goal percentage, his three-point percentage went up to, to 40%, all that. His pull-up numbers were almost zero. So he went from three pull-up attempts per game to just about zero. And then six catch and shoot attempts per game which is about the same as that one season so he's only doing catch and shoot stuff so he's being set up by other people as well so you're not bringing him in with the idea that he can go and create his own offense and do all that which is what the mavericks wanted they have a lot of these guys that can you know can catch and shoot and do all that kind of stuff and have to be set up by somebody else so just understand that he is not that type of guy so that doesn't mean i don't want him i'm just saying these are the things you have to think about and last year uh, i talked about 78 percent his first three years at the four this past year, they moved into 51% of his time was at center. So he's playing center in these lineups when he's been more efficient and when he's been a player that you can see in a Mavericks lineup. So now all of a sudden, if he's a center, now you have six centers. <laughs> Maybe you trade yeah. one of them for Laurie Marketing. You have to now figure out how to play him with somebody else, with somebody, with a, you know, maybe one of those other centers or you don't play one of those centers. It's just, it's hard positionally to fit him in, especially with Chris Alporzingis right now. And so I'm not sure he's the greatest fit. However, I still, again, understand trading him, going for the upside, the the younger, uh, more talent, younger, all that stuff. Like, I completely understand that, but I'm skeptical about Maxi Now, if it's Dwight Powell and you're just doing Dwight Powell and, like, Trey Burke for him, 100%. I'm with it. Go for it. Do it. Like, I'm, I'm in it. If it's Dorian, if it's, like, Dwight Powell and Dorian, I'm even I'm even more skeptical of it because then you're trading for a center with one of the wing the few wings the Mavericks do have that would play and would be in a closing lineup like Isaac mentioned, uh, and so I'm even more leery of of doing a deal like that. Doesn't mean I wouldn't do it, but at this point I'm still I'm still on the fence about it. If you're marketing, you're looking at options out there and you're saying, okay, I played the best at the five last year. Was there a situation that I could play a stretch five that somebody has a stretch five who could possibly be doing some load management? So shout out to our friend Lauren Gunn, friend of the pod, who actually you know put out some great notes about the marketing and potential fit in Dallas. And she made a point in that of saying having marketing would allow KP to continue to load manage. And it's like we know KP's not going to play all the games next year. Like I don't care how healthy of an offseason he has and how great he's feeling coming camp. Like he's still going to be on a minute, probably minute stuff. There's there's going to be some load management in there. What better of a dude to have to play his role than freaking Larry Markkinen? Just say, hey, let's just go get buckets with you know Luca out there. So I, that's the that's the type of thing for me. I, I just I like his upside. He's obviously not going to be the secondary creator guy. That he's saying, hey, go get me buckets and help Luca in that scenario. No. He's not that guy. But if they walk out of this offseason, they get marketing on top of that and they swing and it's like a decent price. Then yeah, playing next to Luca. I mean, for his first couple seasons in the league, he played with Chris Dunn. Like Chris Dunn. And then, you know, he played with Kobe, you know, he played with Kobe White last year. Sadaransky and Zach Sadaransky. So yeah, like I, that's, 
I'm I'm about marketing in Dallas for the right price. Another question I have, and again, these are just questions. I'm not like, no, I would never want marketing. Like, Why I'm not do you hate him. I'm not. I know this is what somebody was like. All you want to do is keep Maxi and Dwight Powell. I was like, hold on, I didn't say anything about Dwight Powell. <laughs> not trade Dwight. Not respect to Dwight Powell. I would trade Dwight Powell for Laurie Marketing for sure. With Laurie Marketing, if he hits right, so you're t- we're talking about this upside, this potential. If he hits, if he becomes the I don't know what's his what's his highest upside like a fringe All Star player. It's really hard for me to imagine him becoming an All Star, especially in the Western Conference. But if he hits and becomes a fringe All fringe, you know, fringe player, he's Danilo Gallinari a little bit without the like. There's still some of that dribble stuff, maybe less pull up stuff than Danilo does, but like he's that kind of a player. If he hits and he's that, where does he fit with the Mavericks? Does that make Chris Porzingis even more expendable? Do you can't ever play you can't play those guys together in meaningful basketball, I don't think, because Lauren Markinen's not rebounding the ball for you very well, and he's not playing defense for you very well either. Uh, which Porzingis isn't right now either, but he's not doing those two things, which are two things the Mavericks desperately need. And to get a get a guy that would play the five that would not defend and not rebound would just be like adding up the more pro- like the problems that the Mavericks have and like multiplying them even more. He'd, he'd add some things for sure with his shooting, but I'm trying to think of if he hit, if he became that 20 point per game scorer that you want, what other problems arise and how could you solve them at that point? Well, I think you you also have the, you know, down the line, if there are plans for KP not to be in the future of Dallas, then you have the, the, the replacement. Like there's, there's a, a, a world too, to where they pull off a sign and trade for marketing. Marketing comes in, he comes off the bench for Dallas and kills it. And we're all watching KP kind of struggle defensively in the paint, or let's just say KP's not shooting very well. Like those rumblings are going to start pretty dang quick within the fan base of, are we sure marketing's not better than KP? You know, like I could just see that right now, three weeks into the season. And just so, for the sheer competition of it, that would be the upside for Porzingis. Like just that he has to step up because someone else is coming for his spot. <laughs> but like, that's the type of thing. Like what if he does hit and now you have him on a contract that's like 10 to 14 million and he's, amazing he's what like you thought coming into you know coming out of the draft and then that that is the final thing where like okay if kp has rehabbed his image and his health and like his value across the league and they trade kp to for like a wing or whatever it is now you have that eventual replacement in in marketing so (laughs) the thing is yes if he if he hits you could do that however you have the exact same problems that you have right now with i'm not saying keep all the centers like Obviously, there's some no, moves I'm not even that saying roster had, like, I'm saying playing like basketball, like they, like when they're playing basketball. If Mar- if marketing hits, you have the exact same basketball problems that you have with Porzingis playing right now. If he hits, you you're saying marketing's ceiling is what KP is right now. No, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying that. Well, 20 points a game. That's what Porzingis was last year. Let's not pretend like Porzingis was trash all year. He wasn't. No, he wasn't trash all year. But I think so, we can still acknowledge that he really struggled defensively and moving and athletically but is marketing going to solve those problems that's my thing marketing's not going to solve those problems anyway i think he's better athletically than kp right now. okay so it's a little bit that's a little bit of an upgrade but you're not adding like a defensive you're not like, adding center, shot blocking right? like the you're potential not shot of KP blocking, you're not adding a rebounding. defensive anchor yeah, that you're Marketing's getting not a, you that. a better spot of three-point shooter which is great I'm, yeah. I'm for that 100 but it's, that's one of my big questions. My big questions are, is he really giving you that much of an upgrade? Is it worth you know, sending away some, some defense, some defensive players for him 
Okay, so if KP gets back defensively as a defensive anchor, why can't Markkanen play with him? Ooh. Because the Mavericks need... Could Markkanen play Now you have shooters everywhere. I I still think... I mean, if Markkanen plays the four, he's not going to be able to guard any of the fours in the West, right? Like, Kawhi just played the four for the Clippers. He's not playing any... He's not playing any minutes guarding Kawhi, right? So it's just... It's things like that. If you're talking about these high-level... But you're no. paying him 10 to like, like if you're paying him a 20 something million a year, I get it. Like we were just having a conversation like Tim, like I, I think Tim comes back with, the, with, with the agreement that he's a starter, but like if Tim got moved to the bench, making $17 million a year, then why can't marketing come off the bench making 13 a year? I don't think he has to be locked in as a starter. That's something else Lauren Gunn put too. She's like, "Hey, he doesn't have to be a starter if he comes in." It's true. Not, I'm not. I'm not. I wouldn't even yeah. expect him to be one, to be honest. Um, but if you want him, if you're if you're banking on him to hit at some point, you're like, "All right, I'm going for the upside." Okay, well then, what would the upside mean? What would it mean for Brunson him? off the in the second unit? That's nice. That's nice. But if but then all of a sudden you're talking about his upside being a nice bench player. <laughs> A nice bench player with the potential to be something more if more. No, no, I'm saying he hits his potential. You're like, oh, he's a nice bench player with Brunson. No, no, no. If he hits his potential, he's more than a bench player. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm just, it's hard for me. Why do you hate marketing? I guess I do hate marketing. No, I I really don't hate marketing. I'm just, I'm just, I'm saying. At the 37th minute, let me throw you a three-team trade. (laughs) Let's go. Marketing to Charlotte. Yeah. Okay, so the Mavs don't get marketed in this. All the talk we just had for the last 30 minutes is out. Exactly. (laughs) Marketing into Charlotte, Terry Rozier to Dallas. Okay. Dwight and Dorian to Chicago. Mm. Okay. Probably have to to add in like Trey Burke or something like that. To make the money work. Yeah. So then all of a sudden you you have Terry Rozier and Tim Hardaway Jr. fighting for these extra minutes. Or is Terry Rozier your your secondary creator? Your super six man. Could he play with Brunson? Like, okay, well. No, no, no. Rozier and Luca in the backcourt with Tim, with Reggie Bullock on the wing. KP. You're playing all four of those players? I think there's lineups you could throw Reggie out there. Rozier's not like a stiff on defense. Like he's got a good wingspan and all that, but that's a that's a tough that's tough. Like Luca and Tim are your wing defenders with Bullock as like your four. No, Rozier is better defensively than Tim. I'm, that's what I'm saying. He's not. He's not a stiff, but you have a small guard, and then you have Tim and Luca and Bullock, like at the between yeah. the two and four. Well, in that scenario, I mean, you can replace Bullock with Maxi and Maxi, KP, Rozier, Tim. You I just like. Your, I like Terry Rozier a lot. So. You fix your second. Like he would add another scorer for sure. That's what you want. You're just. A st- you're just still making your defense worse. <laughs> Even still, we can't get Kyle Lowry. How can or, it get worse? Or can we? Right. And and I and I understand the exasperated like we have to upgrade somewhere, right? Like we have to upgrade somewhere, but there are still and I, I I tweeted this today. There are still if you make a trade just to make an upgrade or just to make a quote-unquote upgrade, just to make a move, just to do something, just to shake things up. It can ha- it can end up being the Seth Curry Richardson thing all over again. What if marketing comes here and he doesn't work and he doesn't play well like off the ball and he doesn't like Brunson doesn't can't yeah, hit him. What would you give up? You gave up Maxi, who's a solid role player, or Dorian, who's a solid role player right now, who's that playing comes a role off the that bench. You- like that's the that's my whole thing with Maxi of like, if you gave up Maxi and it didn't he- work, I would hate that. 
but you're also talking about somebody who's coming off the bench probably in your in your closing lineup. He, 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 Maxi still gives you lineup flexibility. You can roll him out as a small ball five against some of these lineups. He can, I mean, True. they did. Yeah. They asked him to guard Kawhi for a reason last year. Now, he didn't do well for at sure. that. We wouldn't expect him to, but they asked him to. He had injuries, though. I want to give him, like, he, he was definitely not healthy. He was not 100%. We've done that now two years in a row with Maxi in the playoffs, which is unfortunate. I, I mean, we have, right? Like, I'm not. I'm obviously not down on him because I'm having trouble saying I would trade him for Laurie Markkinen. But yeah, so you have some lineup flexibility with him there. He gives you some more options that you need in a playoff series that I don't think Laurie Markkinen would give you. Like, what's Laurie Markkinen giving you in a playoff series? That's what we're talking. That's what we're talking about right now. We're like, let's boil it down. Does Laurie Markkinen play in a playoff series like the finals that we just saw? Yeah, Dario Sarge did. So yeah, I guess Frank Kaminsky did a little bit. You can you can yeah. play him a little bit. He could, he could guard Cam Johnson. Like, can Maxi play in that finals? Yes. Yeah. I can answer that question. Maxi and Dorian can play. Lauren Markin and you're like, yeah, he can play a little bit, I guess. <laughs> that's and that's my that's my big. Gotta issue make right it there. to those finals first. If it happens, I'm excited for it. I'll, I'll I'll see it. I'll see it through and all that. We'll be excited to see how it fits. But well, skeptical. I I still think secondary creator is their number one goal right now. We for sure. Who they get. Yeah, which we'll uh, we'll get into we'll get and talk about getting to talk about that tomorrow. Getting to talk about it tomorrow. We'll talk about that tomorrow, but uh, we'll leave you with this.